This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Episode 91 Jiba Fofi Deep in the heart of the Congolese jungle Hushed, fearful voices have long discussed a creature that inspired terror in the hearts of all who lived there. It was a spider by definition, but not like any spider that you would ever purposefully imagine. The Jiba Fofi, an arachnid of monstrous proportions, as large as a lion and twice as fierce. It was unknown exactly where the spider came from or how long it had been in the jungle, but its presence to those who resided within its territory was undeniable. Its webs were said to stretch across entire clearings, and its venom was potent enough to take down even the strongest of prey with ease. The locals had a healthy and understandable respect for the Jeba Fofi. They knew to avoid its hunting grounds. Failing to do so was a death sentence. But there were always those who thought they were invincible, who believed they could take on anything that the jungle had to offer, and those people typically did not last long. One such person was a young man named Tundi. He had grown up in the village and knew the legends of the Jabafofi well. But he had also grown up with a sense of adventure and as a young man coming of age, he had a deep desire to prove himself to the elders of his tribe. He wanted to be the one to take down the monster spider, to be a hero in his village. So one day, armed with nothing but a spear, a bow, and the reckless confidence of youth, Tundi set out into the jungle in search of the astonishing arachnid. He traveled deep into the jungle, moving slowly and cautiously. The trees were thick, and the underbrush was dense, making it nearly impossible to see more than a few feet in any direction. But Tundi kept going, driven by his desire to succeed. He had been walking for several hours when he came across a clearing. Crouched in the thick foliage of the tree line, he spotted, near the center of the clearing, what appeared to be a truly massive spider web stretched between and connecting a dense cluster of trees. Tundi's heart raced as he realized he had found the Jabafofi's lair. He crept forward, trying to get a better look at the web itself. As he carefully approached, it came into focus. Thick, sturdy strands of silk shot out in every direction from a densely woven center. 
He had never seen anything like it before. Caught up in his own awe, he stayed crouched there for nearly a minute before he realized that the web was empty. There was no sign of the spider anywhere. Tundi's heart sank. Had he come all this way for nothing? More importantly, if the spider wasn't in the web, where was it? His trained eyes began to scan the undergrowth around him. He had nearly given up, about to turn back when he heard a noise behind him. An undeniable crunch. He spun around, spear at the ready, and found nothing. Just the jungle, silent and foreboding. Over the adrenaline pounding in his ears, the sound came again. A rustling this time, in the bushes, getting closer. Tundi tightened his grip on the spear, ready for whatever was coming. Just thirty feet ahead of him, the rustling took visual form as the entire jungle seemed to begin swaying erratically. Then the seemingly impenetrable vegetation tore open like a wet paper sack, and for the first time, he saw it. The Jibafofi. Emerging from the bushes like a nightmare come to life. It was everything that had kept him up at night as a child, and more. Its legs were thick and hairy, and its eyes gleamed in the dim light of the jungle. Tundi had never felt such terror. But he swallowed it. And determined not to back down, he raised his spear and took a step forward, ready to fight. And the thundering Theridiad responded without hesitation, lunging at him, fangs bared. Tundi dodged to the side narrowly avoiding the spider's attack. He swung his spear, but it was like trying to take down a tree with a twig. The beast was just too big, too strong. Panicked, he turned to run, but the spider was faster. And as it chased him through the jungle, its massive legs pounding the ground, he quickly realized that in an open sprint, he would have been caught almost immediately. But this was no open sprint. Tundi dodged back and forth between trees and bushes, leaping over the curling roots and ducking under low branches. Even so, he could hear its breathing behind him, getting closer with each passing second. And even as he channeled a lifetime of experience with the landscape, he began to come to terms with the fact that he was going to die. Something inside him pushed that thought away. He refused to give up, He kept running, hoping against hope. And he ran as fast as he could, his heart pounding in his chest, in his ears. He could feel it beating in rhythm as his feet slapped against the earth beneath him, like frantic snare drum rim shots over the thundering cacophonous spider tearing its way through the jungle behind him. He was getting closer. So much closer. He knew he couldn't outrun it forever. But he wasn't going to go down without a fight. He continued dodging between trees, trying to make it harder for the spider to follow him, but it was relentless. It pursued him through the jungle, getting closer with every passing second. Tundi's mind raced as he searched for a way out. He knew he couldn't take the spider on directly, but maybe he could use its size against it. 
He spotted a tree with a thick branch sticking out about 60 feet ahead of him. He pushed the muscles in his legs farther than he thought possible. He needed to gain a greater lead than he'd had thus far. He leaned forward and leapt for the branch, scrambling up the tree just as the beast reached out for him. The spider scrambled around the base of the tree, hissing and lunging toward him. But Tundi was just out of reach. He breathed a sigh of relief as he realized he might have a chance. He looked down at the spider, trying to think of his next move. But as he watched the Jibaf Hofi, did something unexpected. He began to climb the tree. Tundi's heart sank as he realized his plan might not work. He knew he couldn't fight the spider in close quarters, especially not in a tree. He had to think of something. He scanned the area around him, looking for anything that could be used as a weapon. But the jungle was quiet, save for the sounds of the Jibafofi scrambling toward him. Tundi was running out of time, and then he saw it. An enormous bird's nest perched on a heavy branch above him. It was empty, but it gave him an idea. He carefully climbed up to the nest, trying not to disturb the branch. He pulled the largest broken branch from the nest and quickly fashioned it into a makeshift spear. He looked down at the eight-legged freak, which was now just a few feet below him. It hissed again and lunged, trying to knock Tundi from the tree, but he was ready. He steeled himself and waited until the spider was nearly on top of him, and then he struck. He plunged the makeshift spear into one of the beast's eyes, causing it to rear back in pain. He didn't hesitate. He climbed down the tree as fast as he could, not stopping until he was on the ground. He ran through the jungle, not daring to look back. He could hear the monster behind him, but it sounded like it was getting weaker. Tundi knew he had wounded it, but he also knew it wouldn't be long before it came after him again. He ran for what felt like hours, his legs aching and his lungs burning, but he didn't stop. He had to keep going, had to cover as much ground as he could, as fast as he could. Finally, his legs gave out, and he collapsed to the ground, too tired to go on. He looked around, trying to get his bearings. He was lost, with no idea how to get back to his village. But he was alive, and that was all that really mattered. He closed his eyes and tried to catch his breath, knowing that the Jibafofi was still out there, somewhere in the jungle. In the best-case scenario, it was still searching for him. Worst case, it had already found him, and was now merely playing with him like a cat with a house mouse. Tundi lay on the ground gasping for air. His body was exhausted, but his mind was still racing. He knew he couldn't stay there for long, but he also couldn't keep running forever. He had to face the spider once and for all. He stood up, taking deep breaths to steady himself. He had to find a way to defeat the spider. But he had no weapons and no plan. He had only his wits and determination. 
As he walked through the jungle, he noticed something strange. The animals were quiet. Even the birds had stopped singing. He knew that meant something was wrong. And then he saw it. The Jibafofi perched on a tree branch just ahead of him. It was bigger than before, and its many eyes seemed to glint with malevolence. Tundi froze. He knew that he was no match for the spider, but he refused to back down. He stood his ground, staring it down with a foolhardiness reserved for the young. The spider hissed, its fangs dripping with venom. Tundi could feel his heart pounding in his chest, but he refused to show any fear. He knew that the Jabafofi could sense it, could smell it on him. And then, without warning, the spider lunged at him. Tundi dodged out of the way, but he knew he couldn't keep that up forever. He had to fight back. He grabbed a nearby stick, using it to defend himself as the spider attacked again and again. The stick was no match for the spider's unbelievable strength, but Tundi refused to give up. Finally, he saw his chance. The spider lunged at him one last time, and Tundi threw himself backward, lodging the base of the makeshift spear between two roots and aiming the business end toward the spider's pulsating body. There was a sickening crunch as the Jivafofi's exoskeleton gave way against the spear under the enormous weight of its own body. The spider slid down the staff, writhing in pain against Tundi's trembling body. He didn't hesitate. He slid out from under the beast before it could trap him. He snatched a large stone from the ground and jumped on its back, holding onto its thick fur. He knew he had to finish it off before it could recover. He started slamming the stone against its body, using all his strength to inflict as much damage as possible. The Jibafofi hissed and thrashed, but Tundi held on tight. The weight of his body and his pounding finally forced the spear through the spider's body, spraying blue-green slimy blood into his face, and the beast went still. He knew it was dead. He slid off of its large body, collapsing to the ground in pure exhaustion. He slowly began to fade. He passed out as the enormous beast's heavy, thickly furred legs began to curl up uncontrollably. He had done it. He had defeated the Jibafofi. But when he came to, he looked around the jungle and quickly realized that he was still lost. He had no idea how to get back to his village and he knew that there were other dangers lurking in the jungle, waiting to take their turn at him. Tundi started walking, determined to find his way back home. He had survived the Jibafofi, but he knew he might not be so lucky next time. He had to be careful, to watch his back, to be ready for anything. And so he walked, alone in the jungle, searching for a way back. His body was battered and bruised, but his spirit was unbroken. He had faced his greatest fear and emerged victorious. He knew that he could face anything that the jungle could throw at him. He was Tundi, 
the conqueror of the Jabaf Ophi, and nothing would ever stop him. Welcome, campers, to Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. We're your hosts. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jordan. And now, the debrief. Welcome back. Giant spiders. <sighs> so, under my list of fears, yeah. spiders is a massive one. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. I this despise week, spiders so much. This week was a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Researching this. I spent a week looking at pictures of spiders, See, and I, it's one of my worst experiences I don't today. envy that whatsoever. Yeah. It was awful. Better than you than me. I think that's why I picked it. I was like scrolling through the list of, of subjects, of future yeah. subjects, right? And I was, I decided I'm just going to keep scrolling until I see one that actually like scares me. And I saw this one, the Jabba Fofi or Congolese giant spiders. Um, yeah. Yeah. I saw this one in the list and I was like, that's fucking terrifying. I'm like, I'm the t- I'm the type that's like burn the house if you see more than one spider I mean, yeah. in a week, and you know, and there's also that like thing that people like that they say like you know every common normal household has what like over two hundred plus yeah I think in like the Midwest it. it's like over two hundred plus like brown recluse spiders under the house sure which yeah. that's terrifying it really is like yeah. A big spider, I don't know if I'm if I'm as ter- I mean, if this is like a man-eating spider, like, yeah, sure. I mean, that's terrifying. But I think, like, something bigger that I can see versus, like, a small little guy that's, like, can run across me or, like, jump into my mouth as I'm sleeping. I'm going to shiver so many times during this or episode. Or climb inside your ear and Ugh. lay spider eggs. Like, when I, was, when I was younger, I, I loved bananas, right? And... I had it ruined for me because uh, uh, I was, I think I was playing WoW one night and we were sitting in a vent and uh, we were talking, we were talking somehow spiders got brought up. Uh And so this guy proceeds to tell a story about uh, the, like this shipment of bananas. Uh And there was, uh, yeah, they were full of spider eggs and then all these thousands of spiders. Like, oh, dude, no. Oh. <laughs> it's so bad. It makes, like, my skin, like, tingle and crawl. Yeah. Like, ugh. Me too, man. I don't like that. It's, ugh. I know there are those crazy stories of, like, banana shipments coming up and having, like, rainforest spiders. Yeah. In them. Like, yeah. And when I was when I was a kid, you know, I, like, grew up out in rural Indiana. And we had what we called banana spiders. Right, the yellow and black like garden spiders, you know, and they'd get pretty fucking big. Like those are the wolf spiders too. Those things were massive as well. Oh yeah, that's a different thing though. Those banana spiders weren't. They weren't like they wouldn't attack you. Right, what I mean? They weren't like fast, but they would just like hang there in their webs. Oh yeah, and you always had to like look out for them when you're out in the tall grass, you know. But yeah. Dude, I'm like, I've been in, I've had a cold chill for the last two minutes. Like, Like, I can't shake it. Also, like those jumping spiders that can like lunge at you and shit. Oh, man. Wolf spiders. Wolf spiders jump, dude. Yeah. Mm -mm. God damn it. 
Okay, let's like talk yeah. about giant spiders. The, the <laughs> ones that we actually encounter are freaking me out. It's Also, when I was a kid, my parents had tarantulas. See, and like tarantulas, tarantulas don't bother me as much. They didn't bother me as much because they were in a terrarium. That so plus, that like, you can out. see anywhere that they are. Yeah, if unless, you're paying attention. I was going to say, unless, <laughs> like, they get loose in your house and... You look out of the corner of your eye, and here comes daddy old spider, like, crawling up your yeah. leg. Exactly. My dad <laughs> used to, like, my dad had a, his tarantula was a zebra-striped tarantula. It was, like, black and white. Yeah. And he used to, like, walk around with it on his shirt, or, like, on his pant leg. He just, like, That's... he actually, like, would get it out and play with it. I mean, yeah. You know? Yeah. Why it's it's silly to have a pet that you can't play with or admire, yeah. I guess. I guess. Unless it's a shark. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> Word of warning to all you shark pet owners out there. <laughs> yeah. Um I've always wanted a like a legit pet shark. I mean, what do you what do you think about like what do you think about the likelihood that a giant spider could exist? I mean, Australia has some terrifying shit. And they're True. like, they have those giant ass spiders that are like as big as like a torso. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not quite that large, but still. Yeah. So I, I actually, I actually prepared a rundown of the largest confirmed spiders. Okay. So well, we can talk about right. that, but yeah, we'll, go on. We'll, we'll get what there. Do you, um, do I don't know. I think it's possible. Like, as, like, some random species of spider in some untouched area, you know? We, we talk about yeah. a lot of stuff like that. Like, you know, I, I think the possibility is... I, I think it's possible. I don't know how, like, durable they would be, though. Yeah. You know? Like, that's the other thing, is... Being these giant spiders, are they going to be, like, built, like, tough? Yeah, like, that's the question. Like, Ford tough, or, like, what? <laughs> That's the question, right? Because, like, okay, so the main, like, biological argument against this has to do with spiders' respiratory systems. Okay. Right, because they have what's called a tracheal respiratory system. So they have basically, like, a system of little tubes all over their body that deliver oxygen throughout their body instead of in the blood, right? Yeah. So they... It's generally agreed upon that that's the reason why spiders and insects and things like that can't get super big anymore. Right? Because their their system, their oxygen system is inefficient. So, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Cuz like 300 million years ago, the oxygen levels in the atmosphere were way higher, so you had like giant dragonflies and shit, right? And, but now because the oxygen level in the atmosphere has dropped, their oxygen levels aren't, or their oxygen systems aren't efficient enough to, to support them being huge. We're but, learning a lot about spiders today. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. So I found back in the eighties, they thought they found fossil evidence of a giant spider from that period. Yeah. Of like three, it's the early Permian period. Um, that was like two and a half to three feet 
leg span. I mean, that's a, like oof. a big ass spider. That is a big right? ass spider. Yeah. But in the early 2000s, they figured out that it was not a spider. It was actually the fossil of a sea scorpion, which is a whole other nightmare. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Scorpions are another one. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they are. Oh. That's sometimes I fantasize about living in the desert, and then I remember scorpions. Better not. Nope. I would rather not live with scorpions being like a daily concern. Yeah, right? Like, oh, just out of the... I mean, it's just like spiders, right? It's spider. It's like spiders at that point. Yeah. Oh, scorpion exactly. crawling across your leg. Uh, no, I, <laughs> like, I mean, like, shit, like, yeah. Nah. You have to, like, check your boots for scorpions every morning? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I still like I because I read I read in some article at one point it was like, you should always shake out your shoes, just for the off chance that they're spiders. Spiders, yeah. Them. And I, I do it literally every single day. I do it because you know you just can't be too careful. And what if like out comes like Mister Spider and he's like, hey, I'm just like, you still shake out your shoes every day? I do. Yeah. Interesting. I can honestly say I don't do that. Yeah. Well. Maybe I, I should. It's it it's another one of those kind of not not necessarily irrational fears, uh-huh. but it's like my weird anxiety, maybe yeah. OCD ish type <laughs> yeah. whatever uh, you know whatever yeah. But yeah, I do every every day every single day. I'll shake them out just to make sure there's nothing in there. Because what if like I found a snake in my boot? <laughs> I, I will. I wouldn't want that either. Yeah, you don't want to get woodied. <laughs> <laughs> but do I? No, I don't think <laughs> I do. I've never been woodied before, so I can't say really whether I do or not. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So yeah, Jabafofi, giant spiders. Also, I literally cannot ever remember the name of this thing. Yeah. <laughs> at one point I was like I think I called it like Foofy or like <laughs> J J J Ra Fufa Shoefly <laughs> something like <laughs> I, I mean don't it, know. it is I French yeah I mean so Jiva. yeah is it like straight just Fofy yeah oh, okay Jiva Fofy alright I guess it, since it's French it would be Jiva Right, the B A would be V A, maybe. I think so. I don't know, but you know, they because they speak French in the Congo, that's their national language. Yeah, we speak French around here, but uh, very, very broken French. Yes, very broken French. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there are some. This is pretty like universally believed in in the Congo, but in a lot of West Africa. Yeah, they. Yeah, and there are varying reports, like, some describe it like a huntsman spider, like, where it doesn't have these big webs and all that. It's, like, actively hunting its prey, right? Right. And then others describe it more like a gigantic trapdoor spider. Which ones are the ones that are in the desert that literally, like, if you're walking in the desert, it'll chase you just to stay in your shadow. So not actually it's after the, you. It, it's the yeah. huntsman, right? Yes. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. 
Which is there like is, terrifying, but at the same time, it just like it, it just trying to be in the shadow, and I think it's just the funniest thing ever. Yeah, it's also kind of cute. It is. It's kind of cute, but at the same time, yeah. like if there was this big ass spider following me and like literally oh. just running after me and keeping up, uh, yeah. I yeah, I I don't think I would stop running. Yeah, that actually the largest spider in the world is a is a huntsman spider called the giant huntsman. And it's from Laos. It lives in caves in Laos. Okay. And, like, it can have, like, the leg span is up to 12 inches. Damn. Yeah. I mean, that's, I guess that's pretty similar to the size of those, those ones that you see in, like, the videos of people, like, that live in Australia. Like, the ones that Uh are, like, they'll see it crawling on their, like, wall or their ceilings and stuff. Yeah, a lot of those are bullshit, though. A lot of those videos. Yeah. They don't they don't get quite as big as that in Australia. They yeah, they're they're smaller. But the twelve inch ones that live in caves, they also are known to chase people. Ooh. Like and to drop down from the ceilings oh, of the man. caves. Uh-uh. Yeah. Like a foot long spider dropping down on top of you <laughs> from the roof of Frig a cave. That, like Yeah. If I if I were to go into a cave, like one of those caves, I would want to be in like one of those horse suits where like you have the front and the back and it's like two people, so like, you know, you have like some type of protection. A horse suit? <laughs> That's your choice for protection. <laughs> Maybe like a horse suit with like some armor. How very strange. But you know, you know, not so like, like a beekeeper suit or like a uh no, because that beekeeper suit, that thing's going to flop back on. It's going to flop on you. Yeah. Maybe like a really, literally, like a really heavy industrial, like hazmat or something. Like, yeah. Maybe like a, an astronaut costume. I was going to say, just go full astronaut. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I want it to be bigger. Like, th- that's the whole thing. That's the reason for being in like yeah. one of those little horse suits. Is Fair. like I want more over me. Like I don't. I I want to keep like my own personal awning on top of me as I'm walking into this thing. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I okay. So, the giant huntsman spider is actually tied for the biggest spider on Earth because it's the biggest for like leg span. Yeah. But the biggest for weight is in the Amazon rainforest. It's the Goliath bird-eating tarantula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah. They get 11 inches leg span and they can weigh half a pound. That's insane. Like, I just, you don't think of spiders being heavy, right? Yeah. Like, exactly. That's, that's so weird. But yeah, imagine holding a spider with like some girth to it. It eats small birds. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's pretty fucking terrifying. It is. It is. I've I've went down yeah. some rabbit holes where I look at like especially there was for a little while to like conquer my fear of spiders I was gonna get a tarantula you know like because I I don't mind tarantulas as much sure like I said it's the fact that like if I can hold you in my hand and you're there and not like this yeah. little thing that like you know can disappear right. in a quick second I'm not as I'm not as afraid of it yeah I you know like still yeah it's a little it's a little creepy but like. You know, sometimes they're just oddly cute. So you're made anxious by like the insidious nature of a house spider. Oh yeah, oh without a doubt. 
that yeah. they're like sneaky and quick and yeah the fact that like can i can be you. sitting and all of a sudden there's a spider on me yeah that you never see coming exactly i don't like that that's like yeah that's what terrifies me about spiders Agreed. and maybe it's just like bugs bugs are icky <laughs> <laughs> no but seriously yeah. spiders i mean come on yeah i'm they're they're pretty icky it's a fair it's a fair term (laughs) it's fair gross but uh yeah i like okay so i grew up in a house where my parents were constantly renovating it right right and for a long stretch the ceiling in the living room was rafters uh yeah yeah like now people do that for fun aesthetic they're like this looks cool it's like aesthetic we did it because we couldn't afford drywall for like I six mean, months. That Yeah, that makes sense so, for sure. So we had these open rafters, and I swear to fucking God, at least three times a week, you would be walking through that living room, and a spider would drop out of the ceiling onto you. Man, I don't even want that life. Awful. <laughs> awful. <laughs> that, is, that is awful. Dude, yeah. I was probably 13. 12 13 maybe yeah when the when the ceiling was taken down yeah and it was months of that three two three times a week a spider would fall on you i don't like it yeah and it was those like nasty country wolf spiders yeah those are oh dude yeah i know like i yeah like now i'm like looking around checking to make sure and this and this is something like i'll wake up in the middle of the night and just have this like weird, strange fear that there's like a spider somewhere in the room. So I'll yeah. like turn on my flashlight on my phone and kind of look at all the corners, check like on the Christ. blanket and everything. Just I mean, like just it's that it's that thought. Once that thought's in your head, it's impossible to just be like, oh, it's probably not. Fine, go back to yeah. sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Some people's brains work like that. And I wish mine them. did. Right. Or you can have some intrusive thought like that, and you're just like, "That's silly." Next, I yeah, exactly. But no, I hang on to it for a whole day. Oh, dude, yeah, that it's 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 the worst. Like that shit eats at you, and you know, and it's yeah, yeah. Agreed. I'm right there with you. Yep. So okay, natives claim that the eggs are pale yellow white and shaped like peanuts. Okay, and. The hatchlings are bright yellow with a purple abdomen. That's actually pretty cool, though. Right? There's a... What are those one tarantulas? Like the pink pink toad or... Yeah, I think it's pink toad yeah. tarantulas or the whatever. The sa- salmon pink bird eater is what it's called. Is that the one? And it's, okay. Yeah, it's in South America. It's actually the third largest spider on Earth. Nice. They get up to 10 inches. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm looking They're, around comparing. Okay, 10 inches I, all right yeah that's yeah. what that spider looks like i know way too much about spiders after this week <laughs> it's a problem i mean my knowledge is like it's it's very minimal aside from just looking at like tarantulas yeah um so the indigenous people now they claim that these spiders used to be super common as recent as the 1970s they would build their they would lay out their villages in ways specifically to defend against them. Nice. Like, that's how common they were as, as recent as the 70s. But apparently now they've become harder to find. 
They're okay. less common now as like civilization has started encroaching on, you know, of course, more yeah. wild habitat. Yeah. I mean, just just as everything, you know. Yeah. Everything that's dying off because of us. Yeah. Exactly. We're assholes. <laughs> yeah. We're not good at sharing. But, I mean, to be fair, it's spiders. <laughs> so do you want to hear some... You want to hear some um, encounters? Yeah, yeah. Some real-life encounters? Let's check it out. Okay. All right. So, the very first sighting of the Jabafofi by a Western observer was in the 1890s near Lake Nyassa, during during which British missionary Arthur John Seams and his men came upon one of the creatures. His men got themselves tangled in an enormous web, and two giant spiders, which were two to four feet in length, came out of their web and attacked them. Seams was bitten, but managed to escape after shooting one of them with his pistol. He subsequently developed symptoms including a deathly pallor, severe chills, swelling around the area where he was bitten, and became delirious before dropping into unconsciousness. He ultimately succumbed to these effects and died. I'm not surprised. Yeah. That's, yeah. Apparently they're, according to the indigenous people... They are super, super venomous. Like, they're not... Which is weird, because most big spiders aren't venomous. Right, yeah. Right? It's usually the the little ones. But these are apparently super strong and powerful. And also, like, there are, there are accounts of, like, actually watching the venom drip off of their fangs. Mm. Like, yeah. That's horror movie I mean, ima- like, imagining a spider that big, I would think it's chock full of venom. Yeah, right. Like, chock full of, like, anything that's going to kill you. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And also, that feeling of running into a spider web oh, God. is one of the worst feelings in the entire world. There's not much that can, can top that. Yeah. It's because true. then you like for the next hour you're worried like i <laughs> breaking off into another story i remember there was this one time i uh and i i think i was like right outside my house or in my backyard or something um i was walking didn't even see and i like ran into like part of a spider web literally like stripped before i ran back into my house like <laughs> ass like butt ass naked in the yard before yeah that's hilarious i mean <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it really freaked you out that bad. Oh, dude! I mean, yeah. Uh, dude, imagine walking. Th- imagine walking through a spider web when you have a big beard. Ooh. It's terrifying. Yeah, you're like constantly you have your fingers in your in beard. There. Yeah, you're like checking your beard for the next twenty <laughs> minutes. Not to mention just trying to get the spider web out of your beard. Yeah, like, I was. Uh, yeah, that'd be it, tough. Yeah, it instantly sticks to it. Yeah. Not good. No. Not good. I don't I don't envy your beard at all. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, so before we go on to more accounts, the story the um it was definitely inspired by one of my favorite childhood movies. I sort of like I sort of went for like a combination of the David Arquette classic, Eight-Legged Freaks. All right, yeah. Right? Which I mentioned by name. I actually used that term in the story I had to. Um, but <laughs> Eight-Legged Freaks meets The Edge. Do you remember the movie The Edge? What? 
with Anthony Hopkins. Hang on, I'm gonna have to look it up because yeah, I can't. I can't quite imagine. It's edge. a bear movie. I th- so it's Anthony Hopkins and Alec Baldwin before he murdered anyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, that's um, that's just that's wrong. So they're out in Alaska doing like a film shoot and their plane crashes and they end up being hunted by a Kodiak bear for like the second half of the movie. Bart the bear. Yeah, of course. That was every bear in every movie in the 90s. <laughs> um, but the kill scene from the story that I wrote is lifted almost entirely from the way they spoiler alert for a movie that's 35 years old. Um, but it's lifted pretty much from the way they kill the bear in the edge. So like yeah. they lodge their makeshift spear into the Anthony Hopkins is actually the one who does it, but he lodges his spear in between two rocks and lets the bear fall on him. And the spear like, you know, drives through its body. I'm so surprised though, that this makeshift spear that's made from, uh, in the story, the stick that's in this net, like this bird's nest, right? Yeah. Like I, it's a I giant just, bird's nest. I mean, I assume it's like <laughs> it's like a pterodactyl or something. Yeah, but. he's pulling like he pulls out, you know, a, basically a tree branch, and yeah, that's Look, quite this, that's quite the sturdy tree branch. It is, it is. You have to suspend disbelief. Okay? I mean, yeah, I like it's, it. <laughs> I'm not saying I don't, but yeah, it's it was lifted from that movie. I had to, you know, mention that. That's awesome. All right. Yeah. Um, Good to know. Yeah, I wanted the story just to be like a full-out monster fight. Just like a 15-minute monster fight. I mean, <laughs> three-quarters of the story is him just running from this Yeah, thing. trying to figure out like where to go and... What to do, exactly, yeah. Yeah. And then, as we were chatting before, you know, beforehand, he's like, oh, there's a tree. Perfect. Spiders can't crawl or climb trees. <laughs> it's a giant spider. I don't think Maybe. that matters. I think yeah, it clearly didn't. I it mean, clearly didn't matter. Did he not see that big ass like web? Right. Like, how would it get it up there? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like it. I don't know. I mean, I, I would say like you can go underground, but I don't think you're gonna get it. You're gonna be able to get away. You know. Yeah. Like it's it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to do. So yeah, I mean that makes sense, especially like in the heat of the moment. Ah, go as high as I can. Yeah, his plan did ultimately fail. Right. Yeah. Of but, course. You know. I considered at the end, like, okay, at the end, there was an alternate ending, All right. where he where he woke up and he was basically webbed to the ground and he gets consumed by the the dead spiders young. That would have been pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's the alternate. You should have done that, actually. I tried to go like I decided to go with a triumphant victory. I mean, though. yeah, have a have a hero yeah. of the story, right? Yeah, yeah. I I personally I think I like the other ending better. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I I had it written in everything. Like I I was going back and forth between the two. So nice. Yeah. Well, I think either way. I mean, it you know it's a cool it's a cool kill scene at least. Maybe I'll record the alternate, record it with the alternate ending, and we'll put it up on Patreon. There we go. If you want to hear the alternate ending, head over there. 
<laughs> um, okay, you want to hear some more accounts? Yeah, yeah, let's hear them. All right, so the fullest account by Westerners appears in a cryptozoological book by George Eberhardt. On page 204, Eberhardt relates the terrifying experience of an English couple traveling through a region of jungle in what is now called the Congo. Quote, R.K. Lloyd and his wife were motoring in the Belgian Congo in 1938 when they saw a large object crossing the trail in front of them. At first, they thought it was a cat or a monkey, but they soon realized it was a spider with legs nearly three feet long. Yeah. That's... And that account gets pretty crazy, actually. They like in the Congo, right? But when? Nineteen thirty-eight. Okay. Yeah, which is why they were motoring instead of driving. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's that's an easy tell for the thirties. But they, so in the the longer version of the account, they stop and the spider like turns because it stops in the middle of the of the you know for lack of a more descriptive term road it's not really a road it's like a widened dirt path but um it stops in front of them they have to stop the car and they're sitting there like freaking out and then it turns toward them and like rears up and he says that it it was as tall as a man when it reared up toward the car and that he yeah, because if you think this thing has three foot long legs, so when it stands up on a back leg, that's basically the height of a man, right? The leg plus the body. Yeah. Plus the front legs. It's probably taller than a man. I mean, yeah. It's um, like fully extended, yeah. So he reverses the he reverses the car down the path. He ultimately gets stuck. The car gets stuck. And he has to get out of the car and dig out the back tire while she's, while his wife is in the car telling him how close the spider's getting. Oh, geez. While he's digging out the tire. Yeah. Man, that'd be crazy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, cryptozoologist William J. Gibbons was famous for his expeditions in search of the Mokele and Bembe, right? The uh, the Brachiosaurus-like right. dinosaur in Africa. On his third trip, he met a group of indigenous hunters who told him a story about their encounter. So he says, On the third trip to equatorial Africa, I took the opportunity to inquire if the pygmies knew of such a giant spider, and indeed they did. They speak of the of the Jabafofi, which is a giant or great spider. They described a spider that is generally brown in color with a purple mark on the abdomen. They grow to quite an enormous size with a leg span of at least five feet. The giant arachnids weave together a layer made of leaves similar in shape to a traditional pygmy hut and spin a circular web said to be very strong between two trees with a strand stretched across a game trail. These giant ground-dwelling spiders prey on the diminutive forest antelope, birds, and other small game, and are said to be extremely dangerous, not to mention highly venomous. Mm. So that was from his book in, you know, the 60s, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then March of 2013, there was a video on YouTube of an alleged Jabba Fofi caught on a night vision camera 
But nowadays, like, it's very easy to fake, yeah, you know, fake stuff sure. like that, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, you know, because, like, a lot of these other encounters seem obviously more legit than, like, a video firsthand because just for the time period and, you know, descriptions and what was going on and stuff. Yeah, for sure. But there's there's just something something about that. It just, it just makes me feel bad. Yeah, it freaks <laughs> me out too, dude. <laughs> just, and I, I can't say it. I mean, like, I don't know if... if if you know me well enough, like I, I'm literally terrified of spiders, and it's 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 irrational. It's sometimes I feel like it's childish, like you know, like <laughs> just because, like it, it seems like such a minor thing. Yeah, and it's a thing that everyone lives with, right? Exactly, right? Like, pretty much, no matter where you live, there are spiders. There are spiders, exactly. But it's just like. I, yeah, I mean, I, I see one and I'll see like, as I mean, every now and again, I'll, I'll see one in the house or something. And like, I will keep my distance from it unless like I'm killing it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not like going off looking for spiders in my house. Like if I see one, I pretty much steer clear of it. Right. (laughs) Like, yeah, if it, if it's like to the point where it's bothering, you know, the kids or, or my wife. I'll like step in, but like I just, my wife is also one of those like freak hedge witch women that like think you should catch it and take it outside. So I don't, I don't like that. She's always been like that. I I'm like, I'm like, what if I let that spider go? And later on tonight, it crawls into my ear. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's my thought too, but like, I can't really fight with her about it because she'll she does it herself. You know what I mean? It's not like she's like, I want you to catch it. I mean, if, she, if she wants to, let her let her go for yeah. it. Then yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just I can't imagine purposefully getting closer than like five feet. Like right. I, I kill him with a broom if I can. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the more distance, the better. Yeah, and honestly, I think like. I think our like general fear and you know, since this is an audio format, you guys can't see this, but Ryan literally through this entire show has been like glancing around his office, <laughs> like staring into the corners of his room. I'm, it's hard um, not to man, like talking I about know. it. But I think our, our general fear of spiders is a, a good segue into this. I have this list of other giant spider legends from around the world, right? Because right. it is, highly prevalent like Ugh. all over the world people have giant spider legends and it's because people are so fucking scared of spiders i mean yeah it, it, like and and again obviously there's a lot of people that are or don't feel like that whatever you know but like i think it, it, it is one of those things that is it it's pretty common fear right yeah yeah for the most part which Again, I think it's just that, just uh, that, like, weird, like, not knowing what it's going to do, or being so small that it can, like, disappear, show up there, like, drop down on you, like, yeah, Yeah. they're sneaky. Yeah, it's scary, dude. That's what a lot of it comes down to, right? Also, there are lots of spiders that can literally kill a grown man, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. It's a legitimate thing to be afraid of. It just, like, here in the Midwest, we have brown recluse spiders, and yeah. they can literally like rot the flesh off of your body. 
It's yeah, it's it's nasty shit, man. It's yeah, nothing to gotta, fuck with. You gotta catch those fast. Yeah. We also grew up with black widows in Indiana. Yeah. Like rare to see, but every once in a while, every once in a while in there with the banana spiders, you would see a fucking black one with that red detailing. Yep. And like gotta go tell dad so he can fucking trudge out there and kill it. And then the uh the brown recluse ones, those are the ones that have like the, the violin on its back, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah the violin bow. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Ugh. Yeah. I'm seriously shivering. I, mean, this is... like, I just I think like, yeah, the worst the worst part about it is, you know, just possibly getting bit and like what if what if that happens in the middle of you sleeping and you sleep throughout the night yeah. and then don't brown recluse ones like or yeah brown recluse you have to like catch within the first several hours of it before it yeah. can like really do before some, it does permanent some, damage yeah. exactly yep so you could go to sleep at ten get like you know bit and burrowed into by a brown recluse at like ten forty five and you don't you don't know about it for you know seven more hours right when you wake up. I don't see and brown recluses they have that like that neurotoxin that they secrete that makes their bites not painful. Ugh. Like it doesn't hurt when they initially bite you. So you don't even notice that they've been right. you. Yeah. That's nasty shit, man. man. Yeah. Ugh. See like they're they're right there. Yeah. That's that's one reason <laughs> that it's I that secret shit. Exactly. Right. Yep. Yeah. It's bad, man. Okay, so the first place I'm going to talk about is Papua New Guinea. All right. So, and this is from, I want to talk about the source because this this page helped me a ton this week. This is from a blog by Carl Shooker. And I'll put the link in the, in the description for sure because his, his blog is called Shooker Nature. And he does okay. like tons of really cool nature blogs, like the weird shit that they don't teach you in high school type nature stuff. Nice. That's, All right. Yeah. Sweet. So in Papua New Guinea, the Kokoda track or trail is a predominantly straight single file foot thoroughfare running 60 miles along inhospitable terrain across the Owen Stanley mountain range of Papua New Guinea. And from July, 1942 to January, 1943, it was the site of a series of World War II battles between Australian and Japanese forces, known as the Kokoda Track Campaign. In 2001, Australian cryptozoologists Peter and Debbie Hines, who have fantastic books, by the way, definitely go check out their books, um, they revealed that it was also here, while serving as a soldier in the Australian Army, that the father of one of Debbie's friends had a brief but unforgettable encounter with a mystery mega spider. Quote, one day he had to take himself off into the scrub in answer to a call of nature. While thus engaged, he noticed he was crouched down next to a very large cobweb. Not the classic fishing net sort, but the fine, snow-white, cottony stuff that spread all over the ground and tree trunks. His eye followed it one way and then the other. Seems it was very extensive, like 10 to 15 feet in either direction. Then he noticed the spider itself only a foot or so away from his face. It was a real horror. The body, i.e. the thorax and abdomen, 
he described as the size of a small dog, and it was colored jet black. The legs were thick and hairy, but not as long as the classic dinner plate tarantula type spider that owes its size to the spread of its legs. Right. This thing had more body bulk than spread. Needless to say, he backed out of there very slowly and carefully. (laughs) So this thing was like literally the size of an adult chihuahua. Like, and more body than legs, right? It sort of had like stubby legs. Yeah. But like a really heavy body. Yeah. Like that's like, you know, you get those little yard props for like Halloween. Yeah. That's like one of those, like the ones that you can like stand on and it like jumps out at you. Yeah, exactly. That's that's immediately what I I imagine. Yeah, super creepy. <laughs> so this 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 next one about Papua New Guinea is a deep cut. So um, back in the day, Rob Morphy, you know, from the Kryptonaut podcast and AmericanMonsters.com was his blog back in the day that I loved. Um, but he was on Coast to Coast AM, and a phone call came in from a guy named Craig who recounted how his grandfather, while serving in Papua New Guinea during World War II, encountered a monstrous spider in a web that scared him so much, he hacked it to death with his machete. (laughs) According to Craig's grandfather, the spider measured an immense three feet from tip to tip and unexpectedly was not hairy like many big spiders are. Instead, it was shiny and was emerald green in color. The nightmarish arachnid was encountered near Port Moresby, the capital of Papua New Guinea. Jeez. So a three-foot emerald green shiny spider. I mean, that sounds like that That would be my reaction. Yeah, hack it to death. Exactly. It's like <laughs> yeah. no second thought, just whatever I got, just start nuking this thing. Same, dude. Same. Just whatever you can do. <laughs> That's cool though. I like that one because the the color and the yeah, like, texture that sounds of cool. it. Is, that sounds it cool. doesn't look like he just saw a big tarantula and freaked out. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it'd be something neat to see in a picture. Yeah. But in person, nah, bitch, you're going down. Yeah. No thanks on that in person. Uh. Uh-uh. Okay. So now we're gonna go to South America. <laughs> okay. Dude, they're all over the place. I'm I've, telling you. Yeah. Yeah. In 2008, the TV show Monster Quest sent tarantula expert Rick West to investigate stories in the field via a short-filmed expedition to some Venezuelan jungle villages near to the Orinoco River in the border with Colombia. So during this three-day foray, he was accompanied by a team of local helpers and an experienced Amazon guide who's worked there for over 20 years. West began his quest by by visiting the village. One of the villagers attested that as a child, he had seen a giant tarantula-like spider capture a small dog from the village and drag it off. In. Its body was as big as a basketball, and when it reared up, it was nearly the size of a human. If such a gigantic spider existed and its fangs were in proportion to the rest of its body, they would probably measure six to nine inches long. So, wait. Just to, just to make sure I'm following... Its body was as big as a basketball. Well, its opisthosoma was as big as a basketball. So, like, the center piece of its body. Yeah. So, one of three sections of its body were the size of a basketball. Okay. Yeah. That helps put a little bit more into perspective. 
Yeah. So even though um, claims like that would incite considerable scientific skepticism, Ramirez was convinced of the villagers' veracity, stating that they know the local fauna very well and would not mistake something familiar like a monkey or a sloth on the ground for a giant spider. So, yeah, I mean, that's like... That's generally the rule of thumb, I think. That's the good way to go when you're, like, talking to indigenous peoples about experiences. Like, because it's really easy as a Westerner to go, like, haha, these dumb, you know, right. these dumb people, they don't, they're just, you know, no, they live there their whole lives. Like, no one is going to be better at identifying the wildlife than well, they yeah. are. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No one's going to know more of what's there than, obviously, yeah. someone that's been there. Yeah, agreed. So West and his team also visited Pandari, a village deeper in the mountains. Here, two inhabitants, Antonio and his son Simone, spoke of a small child who had disappeared never to return, which had been blamed upon giant spiders. In addition, so real is the Pandari villagers' fear of such spiders that they even engineer their huts specifically to keep them out, building thatched roofs that extend all the way to the ground, yielding a dense, tightly interwoven barricade. So like that's another another I mean, example wait, of them yeah just building literally like building your house or building your village or whatever else literally to like to keep out spiders yeah to keep out the giant spiders <laughs> that that's just like that just so goes to show absurd. how real it is yeah. to them you oh, know oh man that's yeah yeah it's crazy it's great. They, there are stories about that in West Africa too. In this, the place for the Shibafofi, they where they would design the way they laid out their villages specifically yeah. so that like the back walls of the huts lined up to like make a wall to keep the spiders out. That just like tells you there's a problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Definitely a problem. <laughs> okay, still in South America. All right. In 2011. British cinematographer Richard Terry sought horse-killing, child-abducting giant spiders in Columbia's rainforest for the TV series Man vs. Monster. He didn't find any either, but villagers claimed that these dreaded beasts inhabited subterranean lairs opening up at random onto the forest floor via giant holes. So that's like the trapdoor spider thing. So they're like, yeah, you'd just be walking along the jungle and the floor... It just opens up like a bear pit. And, and you spider fall. food. Yeah. And you fall straight into the spider's den. Yeah. Yeah. Terrifying. <laughs> okay. So I have one from Vietnam that I want to tell you. All right. On April 8th, 2013, my birthday. On April 8th, 2013, American cryptozoologist Craig Wooleater um, posted on Cryptomundo website a fascinating communication that he'd lately received from an American correspondent publicly identified only by their username, Mr. Maxima. Okay. (laughs) Great username. Yeah. This person stated that their father-in-law claims that while serving in the jungles of Vietnam during the Vietnam War, as part of a five-man unit conducting scout work there, he encountered spiders with bodies the size of dinner plates and with their legs yielding a total span of 20 to 30 inches. These terrifying arachnids were always spied near near creeks or other water sources, and were so tough 
that even after being shot by him and the other men with their M16s, they were still moving around. Nah. Yeah. Nah, like, uh, imagine, like, a near unkillable spider. Yeah, exactly. Like, that bitch is still moving and still coming at you. Nah. Okay, I have two to freak you out, and this is under the heading Suburbia. Okay. So, so far we've talked about giant spider encounters in, like, sort Places of far that you flung... would expect them. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. <laughs> okay. One of the most startling giant spider reports comes from Leesville in Louisiana. According to William Sladen, it was here while walking northwards along Highway 171 to church one cool night in 1948 that he, his wife, and their three young grandsons had spied a gigantic spider, hairy, black, and memorably described as the size of a wash tub. So one of those, like, circular tubs that you'd wash laundry in? Yeah. In the, uh, yeah. It emerged from a ditch just ahead of them and crossed the road before disappearing into some brush on the other side. Not surprisingly, the family never again walked along that particular route to church. The size of a wash tub, dude. I mean, if it were me, I'd be I'd be taking the car from there on out. Like, no. Nah, yeah, right? I don't need that exercise. It was 1948 in Louisiana. They might not have had a car. Uh, okay, well, that's, that's fair. Yeah, that's yeah. fair, yeah. But still. Yeah. Agreed, that, dude. Imagine, like, seeing that thing just, like, climb up and scurry across the road. Disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and finally... On the 11th of February, 2013, Adam Bird from Nottingham, England, shared the following remarkable, never-before-publicized account on Facebook. It was related to him by a local librarian, Sheila, who had encountered the spider in question about 12 years earlier, so about 2001. One evening, Sheila was driving along Nottingham's Stonebridge Road, on one side of which was a farm, still there today, and on the other side was a disused factory, which is now demolished. As she approached the factory, her car's headlights lit up what she thought at first was a hedgehog crawling towards the factory site. As she drove nearer, however, she realized to her horror that it was a huge, hairy, tarantula-like spider. Sheila estimated that its body alone was the size of a large dinner plate, and when when the length of the legs were added, she deemed its total width to be about two feet. She continued to watch it, as it scuttled across the road and through the fence into the factory. Then she quickly drove away, but not surprisingly, the memory of this spine-chilling encounter has remained with her ever since. As it should. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Like, come on. Good lord. I like a lot of these because they're not like, you know, 15-foot-tall, giant... Right, yeah. It's like... They're just like, too big. More believable, yeah. Yeah, you just see them, you... Two feet. You're like, that's... It feels real, but it's definitely too big. But that's still two feet you know? too many. Yeah, exactly. I prefer zero foot spiders. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I prefer zero spiders. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, you know, like, regardless. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, dude, I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. But yeah, I that one, that one seeing it like scurry across the road, that's that I think that's the worst. The one that's yeah, like the wash tub or wash whatever. Tub? Yeah. yeah. 
because you're on foot too and you have like three little kids with you exactly like and you know that spider's probably pretty damn fast yeah exactly like if it wanted to it could wreck your day yeah absolutely absolutely (laughs) um okay so we were talking before about um the reason that spiders like why most biologists are gonna go like nah that's not possible right right like so there are giant coconut crabs okay which always freak me they weigh like nine pounds they have like a three foot leg span but they're yeah ground but the 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 thing about them that relates them is they live on the ground they they're not aquatic at all they're the only crab that like doesn't go in the water they evolved a thing called a brachiostegal lung. It's like something between a somewhere between a gill and an actual lung, huh. but it allows them okay. to breathe normal air. So this is an example of a novel respiratory organ being developed through evolution. Right? So so if they can if a crab can evolve a novel respiratory organ, who's to say that some random species of spider deep in the jungles couldn't evolve a, a respiratory system capable I mean, of yeah, supporting a, a larger body, right? Yeah. That that was my that was my driving point there. Is like it it has happened where an animal evolves a more yeah. specialized respiratory system, right? Also, could people be seeing land crabs and not giant spiders? I mean, you know yeah, what I mean? That's could possible. they be mistaking one for the other? I mean, crabs are also pretty, you know, pretty gnarly. Creepy? Yeah. Yeah. I remember walking on the beach and getting chased by ghost crabs. Nice. Like, those ones are terrifying because, like, they literally blend in with the sand. And if you're not, like, looking, you can literally, like, step on one or, you know. Yeah. Are they pinchers? Like, yeah. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same See, time, they're like they're kind of neat because they uh, they're almost nearly invisible. Yeah, they um the the big argument against the the idea that people are just seeing and mistaking them for land crabs is obviously like crabs have the big noticeable pinchers right on yeah. their front right pretty easy to them, identify for the most part. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But if you see it like from the back running away or if you see like just the shadow of it kind of scurrying you know it'd be easy to go like yeah that's a big fucking spider right? i mean yeah both both low to the ground both you know lots of legs right yeah a bit you know a bit beefy center if you will yeah Ugh. creepy those like giant king crabs freak me out yeah they're pretty when gnarly, you see them like sure, hold yeah. them up and they have like three foot long legs and shit see like i i don't know i i think i think there's i think there's definitely possibility for something out there that has adapted and you know like i don't know i don't think the jba flu fly is like uh <laughs> you know as too far-fetched I mean, yeah, yeah it's, I think it's of, like something straight out of like Harry Potter, but you know, like still Lord of the Rings. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I think of all the like cryptozoological phenomena that we've covered, right? It's one of the more like reasonable ones. Yeah, of course, for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's in cryptozoology, of course, there's always like there's a subsetting in cryptozoology of just an, an animal we already know but bigger. Right. Right. Yeah. 
like the giant sloths. Like, if you guys are into giant sloths, go check out the Moth Boys podcast. They're about to release a book on the giant sloths, or the yeah, they're about to. I don't think it's released yet, but definitely go check that out because they've been looking into like giant sloth sightings in upstate New York. Yeah, yeah, like in the rural parts of upstate New York. Okay, apparently, like a whole there's a whole village up there that's been like it's been reported for decades that people have seen these like giant white sloths in the winter. Hmm. Yeah. Gnarly. No, where do sloths, cause you know, whatever, but where do they generally originate? Um, South America, the Caribbean. They're generally like South America and islands. Yeah. Yeah. So upstate New York. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Yeah, that doesn't make that doesn't make much sense. Like here, we get like several feet of snow, but yeah, we have these giant sloths. I know. I want us to have all three moth boys on for a fireside chat and talk about the book and yeah. like what the hell's going on up there because I mean, be it cool, does seem crazy. Sure, yeah. yeah, yeah, like that. It, it just it just seems so so out there for sure. Yeah. And it would be absolute chaos to have all five of us together. I would love it. <laughs> I'm into it. I think it'd yeah. be awesome. Excellent. But yeah, man, like, oh, I, I'm not going to sleep tonight. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to sleep tonight. And it's all your fault. You're welcome. I was actually <laughs> just thinking before you said that, like, I guess I'm going to stay up and clean my house tonight. <laughs> like, that's all I'm doing. Make sure to, like, you know, dust all of it, like, oh, dust yeah. and try to get rid of any cobwebs uh, that are in the corners. I was trying to look to make sure I don't have any, but, yeah, I think I'm good, at least in here. Oh, yeah. We have, like, the the air vents in the ceiling instead of the floor, right? We yeah, have, that's, like, a- that's where mine's at, too. Yep. Yeah. So we get lots of, like, dust that comes down onto the curtains, you know? Like, you get that dust buildup on your right. curtains from the, the vent being above it, and, like, that freaks me out. Yeah. I'm, like, super crazy about dusting that, because, like, once it's once it gets in, like, a, a little pile, a little buildup, Imagine you know? if that, like, fell like, onto you, and then you're like, yes. ah! <laughs> yeah, I'm traumatized from the yeah, childhood dude. with no fucking drywall on the ceiling. Mm. Yeah. Just, oh, gosh, I, yep. Yep. I'm not a fan of spiders, so (laughs) if there's one (laughs) takeaway. (laughs) Yeah. I think the one takeaway is everyone is afraid of spiders, and you have every fucking right to be afraid of spiders. Absolutely. Yeah. Keep making legends about giant spiders, for sure. Tell your (laughs) kids to stay out of the woods because there are giant spiders in there. Yes. Like, keep it going. Yeah. Don't, I mean, if there's one thing to terrify somebody. Giant spiders. Yep. Yep. All right. And that concludes episode 91, the Jabba Fofi. Jabba Fofi. Thank you, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly, probably cryptid hearts for listening. We absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week, and it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on. We want to get to know each and every one of you, so please come and check us out on all the socials. 
at campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook, at Campfire T-O-T-S-A-U on Twitter, and you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And a special thanks to Greg Martin at Reverent Music on Instagram for his contributions to the beautiful music that you hear every week under the debrief. You can find more of his tunes at ReverbNation.com slash Reverent. It's fantastic, fantastic stuff. Go give that a listen. And that's it. Until next time. I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And remember, campers. Stay weird. And and trust trust in the unknown. unknown.